Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Here we go. Here we are. We're rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. All right, so it is May 17th. Yes. We are recording episode 110 of the Ministry Catalyst podcast. It's the day before my birthday. It's the day before your birthday. My birthday's tomorrow, May 18th. Happy birthday. Thank you. Look at this. To you. Yeah. Serenaded by David Lindner. Could life get better? Happy birthday. Oh, it's still going. (laughs) To you. (laughs) It keeps going, folks. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Cruz. Thank you. Happy birthday. Happy, happy. To you. I'm not going to sit on your lap, though. Okay, well, thank <laughs> you, because that'd be awkward. Okay, so worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can uh, send an email to David at worshipministrycatalyst.com or... Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can uh, talk to us on facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, which I made you an administrator of that group. Did I know, I that? saw that. So I'm like, I, like, I don't even know what to do with this. You can remove people <laughs> from the group if they're being inappropriate Whoa. or whatever. Twitter.com slash catalyst, and you can send us a... Vo- or a voicemail. Yes. What's what's the number? Okay, area code or uh, country code one, area code three six zero, and that's where I lose it. Uh, eight one eight four three three nine. Nice. Done. <laughs> David was feeding me the numbers <laughs> one by one. So you shouldn't have said it. See, that's what we did last time. I, I fed you the numbers I last time, but then you said it. And I, you gave I know. It, it's gave it it's because I I feel guilty. I feel like I'm misleading. You know everyone. Well, eight one eight three four eight one eight four three nine nine ah eight one eight four three three nine. Yeah, you know it's a pretty easy number. I should just memorize it. Eight one eight four three three nine. That's it. It's easy for me to remember because our I'm not going to say our our home phone number, but it's similar. No offense, but you know I just don't want to get spammed at home. Yeah, but it's very similar, kind of. Now everyone's gonna be like dialing different combinations. <laughs> okay, eight one eight four four three three seven. Eight one eight four three three. I'm not gonna say what the similarity is because you know <laughs> I don't want to. That's deal funny. With that. But um, so yeah, so here we are, episode 110. Yeah, how many? Four years. Four year anniversary. Yeah, well, not today, but like May 9th, I think, was the day our first episode went up. Yeah. So. Today's May seventeenth, a little over four years. Wow, go us! <laughs> Longest running worship ministry worship ministry podcast on the face of the planet. So, so we've we've been meeting for four years, David. Has it really been four mm-hmm. years? 
Well, we started meeting before that to talk about what we were going to do with the whole podcast. I remember thing. we went out to that Red Robin, Red Robin, that very first yeah. time. Yeah, we've been reminiscing a little bit this afternoon. We just uh, we just ran into ran our into old uh, piano teacher at uh, Multnomah. Both David and I. Went she wasn't to my piano teacher. Oh, really? No, I already I had already done all my piano. Oh, at Indiana you were Westland. too good for Ruth. No, I. Yeah, no. <laughs> I even I even got out of doing the piano proficiency. I know I had to test. take that. I had to take that stupid thing. Yeah, I got out of doing that. How did you get out of doing it? I just I uh, I had Amy call the secretary. Oh, at, at Indiana Wesleyan and say, did he? You know, did he? Was he proficient in piano? Yes. She's like, uh, yes. He's good. So Check. I got. Yeah, out of I it. had to take that stupid thing, and I sh- I shouldn't say stupid. That's mean, but it was kind of obnoxious because. Here's I'm, the thing. According to that test, I'm not proficient. At piano, because like you have to sight read a hymn, and you have yeah. to like sight read a, you know four part four part choral stuff, and I don't do that well. Yeah, I, I don't do it well either. So I like I was really freaked out going into it. I mean, I, I did okay. Um, you know, I did my scales and everything else, but I was just like, why? Why am I having to prove that I can play the piano? Because I I can, I yeah. can play the piano. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You're better than me, but. No, you're. I, I feel like I need to apologize real quick for all the sniffing because nah. it's just kind of you know, for new listeners that might be kind of an annoying thing. But I apologize for that. Anyway, allergies. Uh, yeah. Well, I just have this constant sinus thing. Constant Remember, sinus. we've talked about it like we've fifteen or twenty times it. on the yeah. podcast. It's not a big deal. No. And how like singing and dealing with it when you're like, how do you lead worship when you've got chronic sinus issues Hello. and stuff like that? But yeah, not a big deal. No see, one we were talking about, it. you know, back in the day, and we've actually, we've referred to several choir tours on the podcast from yes. time to time. But yeah, so David and I, we both went to Multnomah Bible College, uh, Portland, Oregon. Now known as? Multnomah University in Portland, Oregon. Technically, although it's still Multnomah Bible College and Those the are the, under the umbrella of Multnomah yes. University. So Multnomah University has the different, you know, branches. They, but luckily, they got accredited the year that I graduated. <laughs> so I have an accredited degree from from the university. Mm-hmm. See, my my diploma just says Multnomah Bible College. That's no fair. Sorry, because you you were the year after me, right? No, I was two thousand six. You were two years after me, man. I missed out. I missed out big time. Yeah. Oh well, not like it matters. I mean, I'm 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 out of church, you know. Yeah. I'm at Laurelwood, so yeah. So we're uh, we're outside, David and I, and we run into Ruth. Uh, she uh, used to play with us um, on choir tour. She was my piano teacher. She did some stuff in Multnomah. Yeah, I haven't seen her. Her husband used to be the worship pastor here. Right, which I didn't even know. All kinds of weird. I yeah. didn't realize that connection. Yeah, which is it, which is crazy. So he was here in the eighties. She said eighty nine to like mid nineties. Okay. Something. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So she's got connections here. Mm-hmm. She's got connections at Multnomah. And we got connections with her. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. So we were talking about how Multnomah Choir isn't exactly like it used to be. Uh, I just sprayed all kinds of spit all over my desk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's cool. Those peas, you know. Yeah. You gotta, need a pop filter. I got one. <laughs> Popping. So. Um, so anyway, we're talking about, you know, how music programs kind of go through these. 
season eras and then they go out of the era <laughs> you know like where there's like everyone talks about the golden age of the program and then it kind of goes through decline and and we're you know what is that and i i think it's the leader you know so for instance the the music uh, like program at indiana wesleyan has been strong even after you left <coughs> yes even after i left <laughs> wow <coughs> but uh they've had the same you know, chair of the music department for what, 15 years now, same 10, guy. 10, 15 years, same guy driving everything, you know, so they've kind of got, you know, the same leader making it, you know, making it happen. So I think, I think John Maxwell's right when he says everything rises and falls on leadership. Uh, wow. You so know? what does that mean for us as leaders? Because, you know, so I, I think of my, um, you know, I think of my time at Laurelwood. Uh, we were reminiscing out outside with Ruth. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been I've been at Laurelwood now for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, what's the seventeenth? Yep. May sixteenth, two thousand six. That was my first. Was it? That was my first and day. And then you had your birthday two days after that. Yep. Well, because I remember it was a really big deal because they hired me. Uh, I was 24 when they hired me. Um, and uh, and then a few days later, I turned 25, and now I'm turning 30. So um, yeah, so they they hired me as a as a 24 year old, um, and uh, and I was just like, wait, or was it 23 year old? 23. It'd be 23. It would be if 23. You've been there six years. Yeah, yeah. Two th- it was 2006. Mm-hmm. So am I doing my math right? Yep. Okay. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait, that doesn't add up. So yeah, 2006 May May 16th. Yeah, it was a big deal because I, I was this you know 23 year old mm-hmm. snot nosed kid, um, and and, and uh, um, I wouldn't quite call you a snot nosed kid. Well, but I felt I felt pretty wet behind the ears, you know. <laughs> but six years. So something that I've been kind of considering, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to I'm starting to get to that place where where I, I have some you know history there, mm-hmm. um, where there's actually people in the church who came after I came. You know, yeah. my, my problem was for a while there, you know, I was a new kid on the block, like all the time, you know, it's like, like everyone had been there longer than me. Right. And now people come in, they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, Kevin's the worship pastor and mm-hmm. has been since well, we probably even have people who are there because of you. I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I don't know. In my dreams, in my dreams. Well, I mean, like, like you were, you were a key factor in them being deciding to stay maybe i hope i don't know i i've yet to actually meet anyone anyone who's like yeah i came to laurel because because of the music and because of kevin i don't know maybe they think it but but you know like it kind of goes to like leaving a legacy you know that's maybe what we're talking about yeah so okay sorry let me get back on point here how do we create a yeah so um because you know if leadership or sorry if if a program rises and falls with leadership and as I've been thinking, you know, just celebrated six years at Laurelwood. Um, I'm the leader there, the worship leader. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to leave a legacy? Because as we were reminiscing with Ruth out in the parking lot, you know, things are different at Multnomah. There's a different leader. Um, you know, when, when David and I were at Multnomah, the music program, you know, uh, real big choir, mm-hmm. you know, lots of emphasis on music. Um, obviously I, I've since graduated, so I, I don't know what all is going on there in terms right. of the, the program, but obviously things are different cause it's a different leader. Mm-hmm. So how do you take a leader 
and build a quality program and leave a legacy, a history, because, as John Maxwell pointed out, the program can rise and fall with a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, well, I think programs become great because of leaders, because there's a leader driving it. The churches become great because they have a good leader driving the organization. Um, you know, ministries, schools, departments in schools, businesses, Apple. <laughs> you know, without Steve Jobs, Apple probably would have died back in the 80s when they went through some of the turmoil that they went through. But without Steve Jobs. Steve, Apple is nothing but a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, uh, you know. You look at you look at every you know organization, and there's probably somebody that that was kind of the the driving force to its creation and or sports. It. I mean, yeah. great example. You know, like look at some Phil Phil Jackson. You know, mm-hmm. one of the most oh yeah uh, one of the most decorated coaches, right? Bill Belichick. Right. Uh, you know, these are guys. Urban Meyer. Right. These are guys who <laughs> who have been. Uh, um, these are guys who have been to like different programs and. Yeah, they they go to a program and they do the same thing. They create a great program. Yeah, and so um, so I I think you know I think the that the program or the business or the corporation the ministry rises because of that leader, and then if that leader doesn't do things to create a system that can function without the leader, then I think that then I think it will decline. So um, so like I think. You know, businesses that go from having, you know, the leader that kind of creates it and drives it and takes it to a certain point, and then that leader wants to retire or whatever. And then the the organization that keeps growing after that is because they've, they've created a system that can function without that leader. Yeah. And so, um, and I think that's the way every, every organization is that's going to succeed. Like, I, you know, I think for for us in our worship ministries or our churches, you know, departments and schools, music department, for example, it's going to take, you know, it takes there one of the, one of the leadership principles that, um, and 21 year feudal laws of leadership, I think might be the teamwork one, one or the other, but it's, it's pay the price. Somebody has to pay the price mm. to, to get stuff going up. And it's usually, you know, it's the leader. We'll be right back after this short commercial interruption. <laughs> We're just gonna go. <laughs> I feel yeah. like uh, I feel like I should play a commercial, like like play the music to a commercial or something. Yeah, maybe Since just we to stopped give for a commercial interruption. Right, you know? right. And we don't even remember where we left off at, but we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about uh, leadership, um, rise and fall, rising, rise it. We were kind of talking about change. We're talking, that was our, yeah. What we stopped for is to talk about, we're talking about change. Yep. At our church this week, and you're talking about change. You have been talking about change at Lord Yeah. I, so ironic. Um, I, I didn't realize that when, you know, when Jeff came in, it was like, yeah, we're, you know, we're doing this whole thing on change. And, and our church right now is in the middle of a, of a series, a sermon series on change as well. Um, but, and, and I think that actually maybe is a good transition point here. You know, so uh, our senior pastor, Mike, Mike Wild, he's been at Laurelwood for 18 years or something. Um, pretty long time. And, you know, I, and I, I think 
we were talking about the idea of leaving a legacy. You know, here's mm-hmm. a guy. Um, I mean, he's he's pushing sixty now, if you can believe it. Wow. He's like fifty eight, I think. Really? Yeah. It doesn't seem like no, it though. No, he doesn't. He doesn't act like it. For doesn't sure. act like it, and that's exactly the point. You know, th- this guy is is getting close to sixty. He he's getting there. Been at Laurelwood for eighteen years, um, and yet here he is, not at all content in just doing the motions doing a whole sermon series on change and challenging our church to think about change. And kind of one of the things that started it was this idea, you know, we've been Laurelwood Baptist Church since since we were founded in 1978. And the idea is maybe we uh, maybe we change our church name. Maybe we drop the word Baptist and, and we're Laurelwood Bible Church or Laurelwood Church or I don't know. Yeah, and I know a lot of churches have gone through that and we've, talked about it then I'm about ready to sneeze um, hold it <laughs> bless Excuse you um, so I gotta, we've I mean we've kind of floated the name out there a time or two just to see what you know what kind of the response we get just going from Vancouver First Church of God to Vancouver Church hmm and uh, so, yeah, it kind of seems like a lot of churches go through that when they're trying to transition from, from you know, old school to new school, maybe, or, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like changing the name of your church is part of that process and becoming, what, culturally relevant again. Yeah, or and, something, and I, you know, I mean, like, I don't know if we'll do it or not. I mean, that, that remains to be seen if we'll even go that way. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think the point point I'm making is that uh, you know, Mike is a guy who's been there a long time, and even after 18 years, saying, "Okay, what can we do to to move forward? What can we do to advance the church? What can we do to uh, continue to make disciples of Jesus Christ, so that we're not content and not complacent, but that we're striving and pushing towards, um, you know, greater, uh, you know, yeah, greater movement, greater awareness, greater fulfillment of of gospel ministry." Well, and I, at least for me, you know, I don't, I don't want to put in all this work just for something that's not going to go beyond me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I want to dedicate, you know, I want to give this towards something that's longer lasting. Longevity. And I think that's what all pastors want, you know. Legacy. Leaders want. Not, not just to you know fulfill a role or a duty while you're there getting paid to do it but that when you're gone you can see that carrying on and and the work and the structure or whatever the system continues on a path that you were instrumental in creating and so uh you know i think for for us as leaders we have to we have to think that way if we want it to end up that way like we can't I get caught in the day to day and only invest our time and our energy in and maintaining what exists. We have to carve out time to work on the future. Yeah. And um and the if you haven't read Seven Practices of Effective Ministry, Andy Stanley, Reggie Joyner, Jones and I don't know, not Reggie Joyner Jones, Reggie Joyner and then some guy named Jones. But um but one of them one of their practices is to work on it, not just in it. And, and the principle is that you, 
you're, you're always working in ministry you have to find a time to work on it so it's it's moving forward and getting better and you're not just spinning plates all the time you know it, if you're spinning, spinning, spinning yeah. plates i love that like yeah you know we've I, a pastor in another church i was at referred to it that way you know you you were you're responsible for a handful of ministries let's say you're you're responsible for eight different ministries and so you get one ministry going and then you got to go get another you one going start spinning the other spin the other plate and then you got to go back to the other one and keep it spinning and then you just keep the second one spinning and then you get a third one going and so then pretty soon all your time is tied up and just just spinning the plates and hoping that they're not going to fall off and break you know yeah and so like and that's what we get wrapped up in in ministry is we get wrapped up in spinning plates and not and and finding new plates to start spinning you know if or maybe letting a plate crash because it's not relevant anymore or you know the ministry's not working it's only it's only feeding a small group of people and it's it's we're investing too much time to keep the plate spinning and we need to let it crash and and put something else in its place that's going to be more effective you know like making those kinds of decisions or what those are the hard decisions of leadership that need to be made and and not very many people are willing to make those decisions all the time right and so but i think when you look at the great leaders you know um apple wouldn't be a great company if they had been committed to the original apple computer and then they were stuck on it right like and they and they were just determined this is the best computer there will ever be this will succeed if we just keep pushing we're it we're going to keep pushing it we're going to keep spinning this plate and never try to come up with anything new uh, that's a you good know what analogy I mean? like and so we wouldn't have uh mp3s and no. digital audio if it weren't for or iPhones or decided iPads that or, you know yeah. You, you you could even you could even take that analogy one step further and and actually say, you know, let's say Apple you know invents the the iPod you know something more recent something that's happened within mm-hmm. our you know our generation, I mean because it wasn't I mean what was it it was like two thousand two thousand two when the first iPod came out I mean you not know, that long ago yeah ten years if that mm-hmm. so. What if they just taken that first iPod and been like, this is the one, you know, mm-hmm. like, and they develop it and they market it and they put all their energy and focus into it and then they just leave it. Right. Um, and I mean, we, we wouldn't have, I, I, I don't know if anyone's actually ever seen the very first iPod. It's, I mean, the thing is chunky. It is thick and clunky and monochromatic and, yeah. you know, and, and it pl- I think it held a total of a thousand songs. Yeah. I mean, and like a thousand songs at 64 yeah, as exactly. Like, like really low quality. Yeah, like like the the whole thing. I I I, can't, I don't know exact size. I mean, a gig, maybe two or something. If that, if yeah. that, maybe. So point being, they didn't stop there. They kept improving it, and mm-hmm. and I think that that's a really good um, uh, example of a leader who who's is is maybe willing to you know take a take a chance, lead a little bit, and not just be happy with where things are at. Because Apple could have been like, oh, cool, we came out with a, a pretty groundbreaking MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just sit back and see see how it goes. Let let's. But I guarantee you that when that first um, um, when that first iPod came out, they were already developing right, the next yeah. one. Yeah, and and you know the same thing goes for us. Uh, another book, can we do that? With a bunch of different leaders, including one of them, Zed Young, back when he wasn't a jerk and all caught up in being a celebrity pastor. Um, (laughs) 
he he was talking about how in the church we we have this tendency to ride a horse until it dies and then when it dies we still want to ride it and you know we're like we're like taking its pulse and trying to like revive it come on even buddy. though like the horse is dead when in the real world cpr like, like you put the horse down before it you know <laughs> before it gets to that point you know you you know the horse may be lame the horse may be have a broken leg and a couple things wrong with it and should have been put down but in the church we keep riding the horse yeah. until it's beyond dead you know so yeah. like so the hard part of leadership is to know when to cut that <laughs> when to drop the plate when to when to put the horse down and um and start working on the next thing so that we're we're relevant we're not we're not losing track we're not losing uh, traction with with the people that we're trying to reach where you know all of our energies become uh focused around keeping the people that we have happy and not trying to reach new people yeah and this is you know something i say to to our people around here all the time when when they're worried about making somebody mad it's like you know they're already going to heaven <laughs> they're already <laughs> on their way you know they're they've committed their life to christ if they get mad and and you know heaven forbid they leave and go to another church they're still going to heaven. We don't. We need to be worried about the people who aren't, and the people who who aren't in a relationship and don't know how a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can change their life today and how it'll change their lives for eternity. We need to be worried about those people and why they're not coming. Not not spend all of our time and energy, all and I mean all of our time and energy, like on keeping the people here. You know, we need to spend. We need to be able to spend a significant amount of our time and energy on reaching the new people or on, on the new things that will reach new people or, you know, on, on taking our worship ministries in the direction that's going to be more effective to the culture that we live in, you know. Uh, and so, um, and I know that kind of contradicts some of the things we've said on the podcast in the past, but because <laughs> uh, there is, we do we do see the merit as worship pastors and, and doing worship that our our congregation connects with. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's traditional, then we want to do traditional music. But at the same time, as as pastors and as you know, ministers of the gospel, you know, priority number one is the Great Commission. Yeah, it's not it's not uh, just feeding the flock. We've got to be bringing people into the flock. And so, I know I'm I'll get off my soapbox. No, good stuff, <laughs> man. Good. So. Cool. All right. Well, so we talked about leadership, talked about spinning plates. Yeah. Change. change. Good episode. A little, mm-hmm. little bit of everything. A little bit of, a little schizophrenic. No, man. It all, it all <laughs> connects. It ties but, in. It all so, ties back to leadership. Yeah. Episode 110. 110. 110. In the can. Get in touch with us online. Facebook.com slash worshipmysterycatalyst. Twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Or send an email to Dave worshipmysterycatalyst.com or Kevin at worshipmysterycatalyst.com. And leave a voicemail at 360. 360 818 There you go. Got it. Got it. We're going to keep digging into that memory and recall it until it's down there deep enough that you can't forget it. Awesome. So thanks for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.